0: What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, Uber Lyft Drivers, and Gig Economy News, presented by UberLyftDrivers.com. I'm your host, SJ, and uh, let's jump in and get it all. So, where are we at here? The PUA-2 Extension Unemployment Aid Program. Okay, so most states have already been approved, as it looks like, um... Every state that has applied has been approved. Um, states have until September 10th to apply for the Lost Wages Assistance Program that is being handled through the Federal Emergency Management Administration. Um, so it's not so much the executive orders as it is FEMA carrying out the executive orders. And that's a simpler way to put it than I did last week. So it appears that, uh, first, before I get into any more details about this, and we'll move through this fairly quickly, um, but I had said last week that payments were supposed to be retroactive to when your payments ended. Now, all of our payments ended, I think it was either the July 25th or the 26th, even though it was supposed to go through July. Um, August 1st did not fall on a Sunday... Or Monday or wherever it needed to, it was a couple days before, so they didn't have to pay that last um, almost full but what you would have to call a partial week. but the retroactive payments will go to August first, so they're just there will be a gap from your last payment on the twenty fifth or twenty sixth until the first so again, we're just going to kind of run through what it is that they're looking for, what it is that you what it is they're going to provide. And um, the requirements for you, if you're still on unemployment, pandemic aid, something of that, and it's, and it's fallen since the 26th, you basically went all or of July, you've went all of August now because it's September 1st, and you've went all of August, and uh, you're only getting the UI part, portion of the payment, not the 600 PUA per week. So the weekly federal supplement that FEMA is going to kick in is $300. I stated that last week. And states are given the option to kick in another 100 which is what we talked about. So it can be a total of $400. Um, as I discussed last week, no state or where I live in Colorado, we know that we wouldn't make it past three weeks um, before we tipped our unemployment our ui system upside down if we were cutting an extra 100 on top of the 300 that the federal government is going to supply uh if the state had to kick in 100 per ui person it'd be upside down in three weeks now there are even bigger population states with with way bigger unemployment numbers that would probably be upside down in one to two weeks so not many are probably optimizing that. We'll get there in a second. Um, one provision that is a big one here, um, in the executive order that Trump made and said that would be carried out, which again is being, isn't being carried out as an executive order from Trump. It's being carried out by FEMA um, as an emergency situation. They are carrying out the executive order but here's the here's the the piece that everybody needs to know. The provision here is that the executive order that Trump did write requires people must re- be receiving at least $100 in weekly unemployment insurance benefits to qualify for the federal aid. So, we talked about this last week, but I'll put it in a nutshell. If, since PUA ended, you're still... Um, not back to work, your work's gone, your business closed, uh, you have medical conditions, you've had COVID, whatever the reason might be, if you're not back to work yet, and the PUA ended, and you just went to the, your state's UI, the last four weeks plus almost five I get five yeah, no, I guess weeks, you would have to have earned a hundred dollars plus of state UI. So if you were earning eighty, and then the PUA was providing six hundred, so you were getting six eighty during the PUA months, that's not going to qualify you for this. You have to be making hundred dollars in unemployment benefits for the extension of the three hundred plus the hundred and four states that we will get to so far. But um, so that will that's done. It's done. The executive order was made uh, back in August and FEMA has kicked it into gear. Uh, Let's see. So before I move on, though, the the $100 that you have to earn on UI alone, this is going to make a lot of part-time workers and gig workers uh, not qualify for this. Um, There's some states that unemployment insurance minimum is is low and then there's other states where its minimum is is above hundred dollars so in those states you absolutely wouldn't have to worry but in the states where it might be 60 70 dollars is the minimum and if for some reason that's where you were uh you're going to need to figure that out you're going to need to call and uh speak to the the department in your state that handles that and we'll get out again. I'm coming up on something that'll be a tool for you guys to use for this. Um, almost all the experts that I have read from or the couple that I've talked to agree that the program that FEMA has laid out will only last six weeks. Um, once it's up and running. So I talked to two sources and Then I've read about four or five different solid articles that lay this out. But the two sources I talked to both didn't know the answer to this question, which is a little bit strange because it looks like this PUA-2 extension, Unemployment Aid Program, uh, Federal Emergency Management, the FEMA instituted executive order will go into effect in the next few weeks so it's going to be middle of september you know 15th to 20th of september let's say so if they're if they're saying it's going to only last six weeks and they're going to retro pay back to august 1st does that mean that the so if it starts on september 15th let's say that's the best case scenario from for almost every state anyway so let's say um it doesn't start next week for you but the week after and or maybe let's say you're going to be retro paid back to August 1st. Does that mean that you've just now used up all six of your weeks? Because that is six weeks, August 1st to September 15th plus is six weeks plus. Or is it going to be that they're going to retro pay you back to August 1st whenever it is implemented, and then you will still receive six weeks of FEMA? It's completely unclear. Um, if anybody has the answers, please. Um, or or anything to add to this conversation. Either uh, go to UberLiftDrivers.com, and once I do this post on the on the uh, podcast tonight, please comment underneath. Contact us through the website, UberLiftDrivers.com. Hit contact and uh, send us um, some information that way or questions. Also, uh, UberLiftDrivers at gmail.com. Um. Or you can add us up on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, again, go to UberLiftDrivers.com, Uber and you can find all our social links up there as well. So, But if you have anything to add, I would love to hear it. Because right now, 34 slate, or, or states are slated to begin paying the additional assistance uh, as of Monday, yesterday, August 31st. Depends on when you listen to this podcast. That's... Well, I just had to pause and make that correct. Uh, but instead of going through states, um, yeah, instead of me going through the 34 states, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you to a website here, and I'll put, again, I'll put its link as well in the linear notes tonight. But if you go to unemploymentpua.com, again, unemployment, P-U-A, dot com. You will find if your state is on there and its status, um, when it, what, you know, some, some other information that's, that site is, is very good. And it actually, you know, it's not, it, it doesn't look that well designed, <laughs> but I'm guessing it was put up so quickly. It's more of a content driven thing. Um, the fact that it's handling the entire country, though, I was a little surprised that its interfaces uh, looks like a very elderly uh, website to me. But again, unemploymentpua.com, that is the that is where you're going to find the, most, the best information regarding your state right now, and if it's already applied, if it's one of the 34 states, if it's not. And uh, I think there's even contact information in there if you need to reach out or get in touch with somebody or you want to yell at your state for not being involved or whatever. Uh, I'm going to give you a spoiler here though. The only four States optimizing the extra $100 so far now that's the $100. So 300 from FEMA. And then if, if you, if the States want to optimize another hundred, they're allowed to under this order. And there's only four States that have done it. Kentucky, Montana, west virginia and kansas that does not mean there's going to be more but those are the only four so far obviously uh somebody from the rideshare giants companies must be listening in on this podcast as well too because i have spoken about a bunch of issues that either drivers have risen to me or uh or i've had myself or whatever that have come up from articles and as many of you know, um, UberLiftDrivers.com has been out there for almost four years now and is pretty much, I mean, I'm not sure, but I would love to see the website that houses more information on rideshare and gig news than than UberLiftDrivers.com. A lot of it is, uh, you know, news from other sources. A lot of it is stuff put together of ours. Uh, but regardless, we're, th- we're almost four years in, and we've got a ton of ish of articles up there. And one thing I've been talking about the past couple of weeks, and I think somebody's been hearing, um, is the mask situation. Mask or no mask? Because we were told back in May that drivers and riders alike, passengers, customers, holes, whichever you want to call them, um, but that we were all going to be... S- uh, n- needing to use photo recognition to show that we are wearing a mask, drivers to be in driver mode, passengers to be able to request a car. Now, last week we talked about how there was Uber had claimed they were going to create this whole new software and it was going to be this crazy facial recognition that you know uh, look out homeland security. Uber's stepping up kind of thing. No. All they did was the same old thing they've done, which was always a, a photo recognition for drivers to make sure that when I switch into driver mode, that it's me. So, I, you know, it's not, it wasn't all the time, but every once in a while it would say, hey, take a picture of yourself, make sure this is you. So if I took that picture, it knew it was me. All it did was add that your nose and your mouth are covered because we've you can go into last week and listen. We've tried out. I mean, we've we've done a lot of testing here. Duct tape, um, moving your your other hand while holding the phone with your other hand. Literally, not even having it over it, but moving it up while it's taking the picture and scanning, and then moving it back down gets you uh, you're good to go. Um, so drivers have been having to do this, and riders have not. There was never a major software upgrade or something. That was like a new programming advance that was going to blow people away. Like the claim was, however, they did implement their same old system and that your nose and mouth were covered for drivers only. But regardless, I've been saying it needed to be for riders too. what's going on. And it was supposed to be for riders until Uber decided, you know, forget that. And let's be honest here. Why did Uber do that? Because Uber's down seventy to 80 percent year to year on ride share and uh, we all know all of us veteran drivers know how uber works um they want money they want to get the customers money no matter what even if it means putting us in danger so it took them till may to say that by end of may they'd have this out end of may they put it out just for drivers and the rider thing never happened Now there's been so many attacks on drivers, um, for wearing masks, for creating, um, sealed off areas, uh, whatever, you know, we've seen a lot of news about people attacking drivers for this who are not wearing masks themselves. It's not just rideshare and gig economy either. This has been going on in restaurants and other places as well. I mean, um, mask bullying is a thing at school and, uh. And the mask mandate is is making quite an issue to the people who don't wear masks. And we had a big talk about this last week, so we won't get back into it. But if you wanna if you missed last week, go back and listen. Because um I discussed a specific scenario regarding masks, and I, I think it's it's definitely worth giving a listen to. Regardless, Uber is now uh Uber is now requiring and going to be enforcing passenger masks well kind of okay here goes if a driver reports a passenger not wearing a mask which has been happening a lot that right that ride is canceled boom driver says passenger has no mask boom that ride's canceled now Every ride there forward, that, that rider who got denied for not wearing a mask, uh, he's that he, she is going to need to, just like drivers, take a photo with a mask on before they can request a car. Okay? Now, again, I'll go back to how Uber puts money in front of people's well-being because... Why would this just not be out of the gate? Every single rider needs to do this. This was supposed to be the case in May anyway, but now they're going to, it's basically like they're allowing, okay, once we get a report from a driver that you're not wearing a mask, we're going to ride you and we're going to make sure that you, you always have to have a mask on before requesting a car. Why? Why not just do that right now? Why not just say, you have to put a mask on to request a car because you do have to have a mask to get in the car. Why would you put that extra weight on drivers, especially given the fact that this was something you said would happen? And you can relate it back because Derek Kerr ran a whole piece on this and then a piece after. So she's got it out there noted very well um, from CNET, not evil Dara, good Dara. And uh, (laughs) evil Dara being Uber Dara. Uh, But so basically this is, it's putting the driver in a horrible position because they already are. So a driver's still going to drive first. Drivers are going to first have to deal with the passengers who are saying, screw mask. I'm I'm not putting that on blah, 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 or they're drunk or they try and fight them or whatever. It's going to be on the driver, not the company to handle this and put in a first canceled ride on them. And have that situation that all of us drivers know where you're arguing with somebody and you're just following the you're just following the terms of service that we all click I agree to pa- drivers and passengers alike to use the Uber platform as a driver you're under more scrutiny and Wait to make sure that people are following these. So it's kind of on you. It's your car. However, why is Uber not just out of the gate doing this? Because they're thinking that in some areas, some markets, drivers won't care if passengers aren't wearing a mask. So maybe the passengers will get away with it for a couple of rides. Maybe in a certain city, they'll get away with it for all their rides because they don't want to turn away anybody. So if out of the gate, they said you had to put on a mask. Uber is just doing this. The right thing to do would be that, but Uber will not do that. They won't. Um, They're going to go this other direction. Uh, So now Uber believes they need to help drivers feel safer and be safer. Hmm. Again, this was promised in May. Uh, Drivers and riders both will have to do photo recognition, which never happened. And, of course, the kicker, Uber said the program will roll out in the US and Canada uh, later this month. And this came out this morning. So it's September 1st, and later this month, they already have the software. They're not going to, again, they're not going to be doing anything new with it. They've got it for, for drivers. All they have to do is flip it over to the rider thing. So now they're buying themselves three weeks on top of making the driver say, you know, hey, you gotta wear a mask, I gotta cancel this ride, and go through all that. But that won't even start for three weeks. So now, you drivers, any drivers out there, you gotta go through three weeks of allowing the no mask, and then you're gonna be able to tell people for the first time and start throwing them up, you know, throwing them where they should be and having to do what they should be. Because most of these are just, a lot of these are ending in such bad conflict. Or they're literally people who don't have masks on them and they don't believe in the masks. And they've been doing this with Uber since the beginning of the pandemic. So why wouldn't they expect to get away with still not wearing a mask? I mean, Uber, you need to step in and make a very, you should be implementing this program today. It should be required for every passenger, five star to whatever lowest rating you allow, which is pretty low for riders. Um, but everybody should have to do this. Boom, out of the gate. Prove to me. It should be prove to me you have a mask on you, even. You know? I mean, you really you we all can see from what I just said. I think any veteran's gonna see exactly what I'm saying and why Uber is completely wrong here. This is this is BS. The way that they are handling This pandemic, I know it's tough on businesses, but Uber, you did not start off with treating people well to begin with. So, I mean, hopefully this gets relooked at because I think it's pretty pathetic, to be honest. So, anyway, we'll leave it at that for right now. But there are articles up on UberLiftDrivers.com about this. Please go and take a look after after you listen to this. I almost forgot this happened. <laughs> Last week I was reading off the different uh lawsuits going on against Uber, um Uber and Lyft in California, but Uber over in the UK, and I knew I was missing one or two. And one just hit my radar uh yesterday when I was putting notes together for today's uh podcast. So Uber is in California court today, Tuesday, September first, um, in an afternoon hearing at one or one thirty or two p.m. It started. I don't know regarding sexual harassment and assault claims made by both drivers and customers. So here's how here's the nuts and bolts of it. Um, it starts today. Who knows how long it could go? It could go a couple days. End of this week this week and next week a little longer who knows but regardless um here's the nuts and bolts of the money portions the penalties the committee and the the committee that's going to handle how this is dealt with here's what they're saying penalties uh could cost uber up to a hundred thousand dollars per offense and fines of five thousand dollars per offense. Okay, so that's for each offense in California that happened. Now, the committee also has the ability to choose to suspend or revoke Uber's operating permit in California. Or an additional 7,500 for each violation, and each fine could be multiplied by each day Uber refused to submit information. Wow, because that goes back to December 19th when this was filed in California, but it was, it actually, oh, actually, I'm sorry. It will go to the January 12th, 13th in January. There was a, there was, that's, that was the date that, that all the information was requested. So This would easily, this last portion would easily add up to tens of millions of dollars depending on the judge and the commission and, and how they see fit. Now let's roll it back a bit. Why did this happen? And not the sexual assaults or the misconduct or whatever, but why are we here? So we're all the time pointing fingers at Uber and saying, well, they, you know, they really... They need to step it up. They need to do this. Why'd they cover this up? And I'm not coming to their defense here, but this actually falls on them. In December, 2019, Uber put out a report regarding, uh, sexual harassment and assault claims. And the report said that 6,000 sexual assaults happened in the U S over a two year period. Okay. So, December 19th, which, you know, a week or two after Uber put out this report last year, uh, a California ruling required descriptions of each sexual misconduct claim during those two years from 2017 through 2019 as well as names and contact info, which that poses its own problem, too. Um, basically, Uber put out a report, I think, as, as almost like, he, here we are being transparent. You know, we want to be honest with you guys, so here's the sexual misconduct that's been going on. We're working on it, blah, blah, blah. But then California said No. You know, or thank you, but now we need way more details and twenty three percent of the six thousand sexual assaults in the u s happened in California, so you know what one thousand three hundred something right around there, probably you yeah. know anyway um somewhere right right around there, one thousand two hundred and change um are the sexual assaults that will fall under all of those penalties, fines, and multipliers. And again, that court started right now. And then, you know, early next month, we got the other courts starting about not following AB5. And at least that the companies have a backup if Prop 22 doesn't go through. So again, this is just to be added to that list. When the results will come through, I don't know. Um, But this is something that is starting today. So, again, there's another lawsuit in California that is in the works. Wow. Uber just cannot avoid trouble, no matter what. I mean, they could be in a broom closet holding their breath, and they would come out five minutes later and have another hundred lawsuits. It's just ridiculous. So the last piece of big news this week I want to hit on is there has been more work on AB5 again. California's new gig work law that went into effect January 1st, 2020, this year, again has new carve-outs and passage of cleanup bill AB2257. As of yesterday, Monday, August 31st, The bill passed. Uh, This batch of carve carve outs, because we've already had a bunch from the AB 5 law, but this batch of carve outs included musicians, translators, interpreters, writers, photographers, and dozens of other professions. I mean, a lot. Uh, I'll put a link up for you guys so that you can see all of the carve outs because it's, you know, there were 52 before this, and now there's like, oh, you know, there's another. I didn't count them up, but another big stack. So people in these categories now that I just named, you know, if you're a musician, if you're in this, that, the other, um, people in these categories can now be self-employed, independent contractor status under earlier standards. Okay, so obviously we're talking about the the Borello standard here as opposed to AB5. So... Instead of being subject to AB five strict rules that make independent contractor status in California, basically impossible. I mean, it it does. This is why people, those cleanups, these cleanup bills are happening. It seems to me, again, I'm not bagging on AB five. I do have my own take. I've put it down here in the show before how I feel driving in Colorado. I don't live in California. However, I have a lot of driver friends out there. I've heard both sides, and I, what I don't get is why this bill was so bloated, for lack of a better word, to begin with. I mean, why did why was it independent contractor status? Why did, wasn't it just called Bill Uber Lyft? I mean, we've talked we've kind of talked about this before. I know I've chatted with people online about it, but it should have been the Uber Lyft bill. Um, you know, maybe Uber Lyft, DoorDash, uh, I don't know, food delivery. Um, but, I mean, it's just constant carve outs. It's, it's these cleanup bills are just basically, okay, all independent contractors. So let's say we have 200 categories or 200 job profession categories. So they have they knocked out 52, then another 50. Are they going to knock out more, more, more? I mean, they're just coming down to it is an Uber Lyft bill. Um, so it just seems like it was something. Something was fishy in the way this was all passed. I don't know. I remember when it was passed and we talked about this weeks ago that Gavin Newsom signed it into law. It was like a Saturday night um and it was really near a deadline, but it was, you know, and I guess things get done like that, but I mean, it was almost like a baseball trade deadline that, that goes till that last minute on the clock. You know, it was it was like it it took that. It was it really wasn't blown up till the following week in the news. There were just a lot of shady things with it, but I guess that goes with politics. I mean, that's just what it is. Uh, the cleanup bill, AB 2257, that was passed yesterday, August 31st, allows freelancers to work through intermediator, in, intermediar, intermediaries in some circumstances, sorry for that, without having to become employees. <sighs> so it's, it's so weird on top of the carve outs. They're basically saying that they've also made loophole. There aren't loopholes existing. They've made loopholes for, for freelancers in these carve out positions <laughs> to make sure that they'll be able to work with, like, for, okay, let's use um, writers. So writers for publications, newspapers, uh, they might live in California and work for a California publication, but they might also do publications in two, five, one, nine other states. Who knows? Those states were starting to send back their work and saying, listen, under the new law, where you live ab5 we can't employ you and these were other states so now they're being given permission to use those loopholes too i don't know it sure seems to me like this independent contractor status i know a lot of people believe in it we've talked about this before Um, i also know a ton of people do not believe i mean believe in the AB5 rule they would rather stay independent contractors they do not want to be employees of this company um, it seems like the people who are fighting AB5 the most and out there all the time um, striking or you know like really trying to grab you know grab attention from media and whatnot uh, are the people who hate the company the most but want to be employees of the company so it's very it's a strange thing because there's a lot of jobs out there that will pay minimum wage i mean that's what you're saying you're looking for with ab5 because um we've already seen in other states and we've we've kind of gone through the you know how this would play out and i you know you definitely aren't going to be making more than what they have to pay you i mean again it goes back to the franchise model and you're gonna have to be an employee or what what is going to happen with all this but first of all we have to see all the outfall the voting on prop 22 um, and all these other things but you know i I think these rideshare companies are you know in many in so many instances in so many situations 90% of the time i think they're wrong But in California, they sure seem to be getting just blindsided time after time. And again, you know, I'm not a big corporation fan to begin with. However, I do think that, I mean, I can now say for certain, it was no joke that they were going to pull the plug on California last week if they didn't get their extension. So, you know, I, I was, you know, a lot of the articles were, you know, are they playing a game of chicken? Are they playing a game of bluff? They weren't. I think they were like, you know, you guys just keep suing us. We get all, we get all these people to work, you know, and understandably, out, people out there don't like the way that it's paid, but we've been through that before too and uh addressed both sides. So I feel like, you know, I understand where AB5's coming AB5 people are coming from, but I also understand where the non-AB5 people are coming from. Um so I don't know. I I would really hope I mean the best the best thing that could happen here in my opinion is that there's some sort of agreement here. I mean, let's make an agreement or you know, come to the table and find some common ground. And I know both sides don't think that's possible, but there until November 3rd, everything's possible. Be trying harder. I mean, it's like it's like the the stimulus packages that we're not seeing, and instead have to have FEMA step in to pay pandemic unemployment assistance to everybody because the Democrats and Republicans could not come together. Um, the House and the Senate could not come together um, to agree on a bill. You know, we we've got one side wanted one one trillion, one side wanted three trillion, and now we have seen some movement. We've seen that one trillion turn to like, what is it, 1.4? And we've seen the other side go from three to two point four or two two point six. But both are holding firm there and they're just not meeting. So now we're stuck with going with Trump's executive order that is needing to be carried out by FEMA. Again, something we just don't need to be doing. It's just it's ridiculous that we're here and I mean, at least, it. I would feel a lot better if at least everybody involved with AB5 was working with Uber and Lyft directly to try and make some changes that, that they can live with. Because bottom line is, if you guys, you know, if you go with Dara's third option, um, you know, if you, the franchise model... I don't think we're ever going to see whatever plays out in court. I mean, I, I said this last week too. We're never going to see it how the, how the AB5 supporters want it. You're never going to get that. Because at best, if you win, you're going to get employment status. Now, employment status, I think I just defined it. You're an employee. You do what your employer says. So if Uber cho- chooses to round about this and and do the franchise model, it'll cost them a little bit, but they also won't be your boss. You will be under contract of your franchise of the of the franchise owner who does or does not hire you. You will be subject to the hours you can work based on the on the franchise model of who does or doesn't hire you. And again, for those in the ab5 realm who say no that's not true um will have flex schedule i have no idea where you got that from because nobody who's an employee gets to gets to set their own schedule from day one be hired automatically uh work when they want uh decide that after an hour it's slow they just don't want to work um i mean these are things that just don't happen with employees so if you I know that there are some still i mean i 've seen a lot more a b five people coming around and understanding that that is not going to happen um, and they understand that and that i can if you still support a b five and you really understand that great then i I at least support your right to to go there you know i mean if that 's what you really want, fine. But if you really believe that, like I said, there's, there's the franchise model, with Uber even, already going on in other countries. Look it up. Um, look up Germany's, for one. Um, you know, you'll see that that's not how it works at all. And so, uh, who knows? Well, last week I did tell you that I was going to talk about Connecticut uh, Bill 989, which came out last year. I was actually a big fan of this bill. And it was really close. I don't remember what the numbers were, but it was one off on the vote. So, again, I think I said it last year if it was or last week. If it was 13 people had to vote, and so you had to have the majority, which would be six or, or <laughs> which would be seven. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I think it was seven to six that it didn't happen. Now, what Connecticut 989 did was said, basically... All the companies categorize gig that are dealing with it in California type. So let's just leave it at that. Let's just use Uber as an example since this, since today, I've pretty much just talked about Uber. So in Uber's case, Uber would run the platform exactly as they have. Okay. They could even have surging, all of it, all the things that we drivers have always loved or loved back in the day that have been pulled, taken away, um, reduced things that have have not have have been played out and not to our benefit as of late it basically was going to say that uber can price it however it wants to the rider and it can give you the surge however it wants and they have to match up as always and you'd have documentation to back this and you'd be filing your taxes so it's not like uber could risk uh misreporting I mean this is what it is but what it said was that um Uber would be able to or left or, we're using Uber Uber would be able to take 15% to 20% they would find an amount that was what was being worked on in bill in Connecticut 989 15 to 20% of the fare that they are putting out there for the drivers drivers to grab so you'd still have flexibility. You'd still have the ability to not pick up a fare, pick up a fare, whatever, that you won't have as an employee. But you would get 80%, 80 to 85% of the take whole from what Uber charged to the passenger. So if Uber charged the passenger um, $100 for a ride. Now Uber... Can break down whatever they want, however they want to word it. I mean, it would have just made that easy because they wouldn't have had to make up things anymore. It would have been one charge, and it would have been on hundred dollars. It would have been fifteen to twenty dollars goes to Uber, the platform, the booking fee, all of that, and that's it. Fifteen to twenty dollars on the hundred. The other eighty to eighty five dollars goes directly to the driver plus tips. Now, this bill was close, and I don't know why more haven't adopted it. I really, there was never a lot of talk about why Uber or where Uber stood with it. Did they like it? Were they on board with it? What was going on with that? First, it it was just trying to pass, and it was so close. And usually when things are that kind of close, it's, you know, I don't know, it, it seems like those bills are picked back up or another state might try it or something else and try and tweak the amounts a little bit so that maybe it does pass or maybe it goes back up in Connecticut again. Who knows? But why it didn't is because of a, a vote short fail and, or one one vote short. And so, I don't know. I really would have liked to seen that up and running as a model as opposed to AB5 because I think that there's some common ground to be worked through with that I loved nine eight nine, because that make not only did that set the amount that Uber and Lyft could make off me driving, and I knew it. It was a percentage. Let's say it was twenty percent. No, let's say it's fifteen. Okay, let's say it was somehow fifteen. Okay, because I'm a I'm a six plus year veteran driver. Maybe somehow it was going to work on that. You know, if if once you're five years plus or something, then you get only 15% taken. And until you're at five years, you get 20% taken off the platform. Let's say it was that. So I'd be six plus years. So let's say that I'd be just 15%. Okay. So I love knowing that because I love seeing a fair, a multiplier in Denver, you know, and a couple events are letting out, and I see the surging going on. I see 3.5 around the Pepsi Center and First Bank Center and Red Rocks and all this. I see all the surging, and I'm near one. Now I know that the type of distance rides I'll get from those events, and I know sometimes I'll luck out on the long one, even on a surge rate. Now I know what to expect because I know how much I'm making. And I'll see the final tally and Uber will get their 15% from me and their 20%, let's say, from from drivers who have been doing it only one, two, three years. So it gives Uber even more incentive to really make sure that they're getting us riders or us drivers as many rides as we can and, and working us properly. And it would make them make this make the network, the system way more robust. So, I don't know. I'm not, I guess, you know, I've I, I beat around the bush with it before. I think I've even straight up said it. I'm not a fan of AB5. Um, I talk to people on the AB5 side of the fence because I believe in everybody's right to have an opinion. And I love hearing out why some people want it. Some people just want it and they really don't have a lot to feed back to me when I do talk to them about it. But some people really understand it and they still want it. And that I respect. But that's why last week I was saying it needs to go to a vote. This is why we have voting in this country, because somehow this thing went through, and it affects a lot of people, taxes, all kinds of things. But not not n- nobody had a chance to get a say in this. Now you do on November 2nd. I would think that if Uber could agree to like a Connecticut 989, let's just call it 20% across the board. Okay, Uber, you're going to get 20% of every ride. Okay, so there's going to be no more wage theft where they're taking, you know, 45, 50, 60 plus percent in some surge cases, 70% of the the fare and leaving the remainder for the driver. You know, that wouldn't happen anymore. It would be 20%. But they would still want to price that as high as they can because they want their 20% to be as much as it can be. That makes sense, right? I mean, if Uber said, fine, we're going to take 20% of every ride, they're going to want that 20% to be maximized as much as they can. And what they've avoided, raising rider prices by a bit, doing this, that, and the other, instead of trying to undercut Lyft and back and forth with these two companies, you know, it would finally have them say, "Look, we gotta raise some prices because we're only getting twenty percent. Let's optimize that twenty percent." And it also might get them out of some of the industries that they're in or technologies that they have no right being in. Autonomous, autonomous is is for very serious companies who are looking at that very long term, like we talked about, thirty years from now. Uber is almost using autonomous as just a money throwaway tech sector um same with uh flying cars uh you know i mean first of all um we're not going to get permission for everybody to be flying their cars around (laughs) so i don't know if you think that the federal aviation um is going to allow that they're not i mean they're very hardcore as it is these days, and they're hardcore to begin with because you need to be a pilot, you need to be trained. So, I mean, no, Uber's got their hand in so many games that are 30 years to 50 years out. It seems like the 20% Connecticut 989 would say, okay, we need to charge more to riders, we need to get our hands out of all these games that we're in and start focusing on where we make money. You know, Uber Eats, Rideshare... Do that because you haven't mastered any other technologies. But again, my hope is that they somehow get to the table and that all this becomes, I don't know. I mean, I I don't think it will. I think we're going to see it play through prop 22 and the vote and all that. But then I, I think that if it, let's say that prop 22 fails, let's say that in October at the court case, they assure the judge that they have a, a means to make people employees. I think that you're going to see either them leave the state or I think that you're going to see options like the franchise model, which is not going to make any pro AB five people happy at all. Um, so any workaround, because I think that we all know, I mean, it's, it's like Philip Morris. Okay. Um, the cigarette company. So, you don't sue philip morris i mean there's been a few but and even if you do you really there's not a lot of of out-of-court settlements you know what i mean it's not like it's not like the claim i've smoked my whole life is getting you anywhere these days i hate to say that but um their six million lawyers that they have on retainer for philip morris make sure that nothing nothing gets paid out to anybody that Surgeon General stamp on the box that says smoking is dangerous to your health, um, to babies if you're pregnant, all that kind of thing, that is as far as they're willing to go. They will not pay a dime to anybody. And that's why over the years we've seen that, that Surgeon General warning get a little bigger, a little bigger. And in my opinion, um, it should be half of the pack. You know, Half of the front of a pack of cigarettes should be the Surgeon General's warning. And then the other half can be the branding. It should be that eye-catching, but it's not. And they don't pay anybody. They play by their own rules. They have their lawyers who made that possibility. And I think that's how we're going to see these kind of companies play out. And, uh, you know, I think we've, we've got a bunch of other states lining up, but they're all waiting to see how California plays out. So I think, Uber, I think that California really wants to make this happen, but I think Uber and Lyft... Especially Uber has, you know, something that they want to prove before other states think about getting on board with it. So I just don't think we're ever going to see them live up to it. I don't, I don't think that uh, these carve-outs, I think there's a lot of things right now that are going to hurt their court case. But we will see. Um, we will see. There was a lot of good news out this week. I put a lot up on the website, UberLiftDrivers.com. Uh, again, hit me up, UberLiftDrivers or UberLiftDrivers at Gmail or hit the contact page and hit me up with any information or anything you want to know, especially about this PUA two and other things. Uh, I am getting back to the the calendar now, and I am now that we're in September, I am looking to get a one one to two guests per month on the on the rideshare rodeo podcast. And go over certain things. Um, you know, new, new startup companies that we like or uh, things that we need to talk about. But um, we'll see where it goes. I'm still trying to tweak all that out a little bit. There's been a lot of news lately. I didn't get to all of it tonight. And I am trying to keep the podcast right at an hour these days. So... It uh, looks like we're going to wind it up here, but you can go to the website, uberliftdrivers.com. There's a lot of articles up from the past uh, week. Um, so go ahead and take a look. They're, they're all relative. There's a lot of gig work and gig economy uh, articles up there as well. So that said, um, I oh, also on another note, uh, the podcast will be launching or dropping at one p m mountain time on Tuesdays from now on, not six as it 's been uh, that 's been something i 've been working on, and one problem was that sometimes I had my interviews or or people on that I, that I was speaking with that day or we would pre record it or write i 'd do the podcast and bring them in but now I'm anybody that does come on as a guest I'm going to be trying to do Monday after Monday late afternoon Monday evening pre-record that and then just get it into the podcast on Tuesday morning and the reason that I don't put the podcast out on Monday is because Monday there is never much new gig or rideshare news but Tuesday morning a lot drops so I do have everything that happens now here for the rest of the week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and sometimes maybe Saturday and Sunday, but usually just Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all go up on the website, the articles. I take notes on what I'm going to want to talk about for the next Rideshare Rodeo, and then uh, Monday, maybe I catch a new story, but Tuesday, I usually catch a few, and i got to fit them in. So, regardless, 1 p.m. Mountain, 12 p.m. Pacific Time, uh 1 p.m. or 2 p.m. Central and 3 p.m. Eastern uh, is when the Rideshare Rodeo podcast will drop on Tuesdays from now on. It always has dropped on a Tuesday, but the time has varied a little bit. Six has been our target. Now one is our target, Mountain Time. So um, watch for that, the rest of the world, because we are getting worldwide listeners. And so uh, next week, I'm going to give a shout out to the five biggest states that are listening to the podcast uh to date so from the first podcast episode till now which we've had major growth um five biggest states that listen as well as the five biggest countries that listen because you're gonna be a little surprised on that one um but that's it that's all i got for this week guys uh Go out there, be good to people, be safe if you're working. Um, I know we're still in the downtick, things are looking better for COVID, but uh, now is the time that schools are starting or not starting as they are and starting virtually, and uh, we're coming up on flu season, summer's ending. Thank God this heat is gone, Um, we're going away. Uh, And uh, yeah, be good to each other, you know, be safe, Um, you know, if you're in a mask mandate, make sure you're wearing a mask when you're outside of your house. Uh, I know that it, it, you know, it can affect the breathing a little bit. I know it's been tough in the summer, so that'll get a little bit easier, but, uh, you know, we've definitely sensed the masks and things of that nature. We've seen a lot of, uh, a lot of down ticking, which is good, but we have seen things shoot right back too. So let's not underestimate this virus it's been nasty so be good to each other uh be good to yourself do something awesome for yourself do something awesome for somebody else uh, last week was national dog day so if you i'm a big dog person if you've got a dog hopefully you did something if not you owe your dog this week do something cool for him and uh, other than that i am out of here and i'll see you guys next week on rideshare rodeo Peace.